Hi, I'm Rick Tittle, and this is the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8th Side Network. Join me as I get busy with the biggest names in sports and entertainment. All right, thank you back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's uh, been a while, but it's great to welcome back to the show stand-up comedian Eugene Merman. We have a couple things to talk about. Let's get to uh, what's uh, hot, and that is this Friday in theaters only, the Bob's Burgers movie will be out, which Eugene, of course, is a part of. And Eugene, I'm already seeing 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm seeing the very stuffy Washington Post with three and a half stars. This is going to be a hit, huh? I mean, I think people uh, are enjoying it. I have no idea if it'll be a hit, but but yeah, I mean, I hope so. Washington Post said it's a rare treat as movie as good as the TV show. How how much time did you guys put into it to make sure you could capture what you would normally do in a half hour to a feature length? Well, I mean, I they spent you know, uh, I mean, I think around five years. You know, originally it was supposed to come out a few years ago, and then with COVID, I think things got pushed. But as a result, they used that time, you know, to work on the movie, the animation, all sort of uh, all the parts of it. Did you go to the premiere at the El Capitan? I did, I did. It was really fun. It was the first premiere, actually, that I've gone to of, of sort of this scale. That's what I was thinking. Was there a red carpet? How fancy-schmancy was it? Uh, I believe the the attire was co- cocktail casual. Um, <laughs> uh, it was, there was a red carpet. Yeah, it was, like a, it was premiere-y. When you do these things, uh, animated shows, I, I think a lot of us believe that you know you're all sitting there in the same room but a lot of times you might just go into like an edit bay and and do it all by yourself how much of it is collaborative and how much of it is kind of lonely that way so actually bob's uh i think is unique in the sense that we actually do record all together mm. um largely and 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 not in person but in different cities in studios or, or now at home you know, when COVID began, things changed for sort of a year, year and a half, where we were, you know, I was recording for a while in a closet surrounded by pillows, and then eventually, like, a little home sound booth. Um, and at first, they couldn't have us together. Uh, but for, you know, this year, or this whole year, they've they've been able to put a bunch of us together. So we're virtually, we can hear each other in our headphones. So, you know, sometimes we re-record stuff alone you know with a director but but we actually get to record together and most of the show has in general been recorded together very cool i know that you've worked on uh, star talk with neil degrasse tyson and i had him on my show a couple weeks ago and he told me verbatim get with the program dude has he ever said that to you (laughs) i never felt so dumb uh, get with the, pro- uh, I, I don't know. He easily might've, <laughs> I, I, I don't remember. He was talking about, um, uh, a, a, a animated movie and he said, a mosquito goes into a bar and asks for a drink. So what does he ask for? I said, blood. He goes, a bloody Mary. Get with a program. Dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not, yeah. you know, being in the presence of someone who's obviously much smarter. It can be a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. As a, yes, through him, I've met various astronauts and physicists and things. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it started as a joke. This is available on demand, iTunes, Amazon, and more, and it features the decade-long run of the Eugene Merman Comedy Festival and the final farewell. Why, why did it wrap up? 
you know, a lot of great reasons. Um, you know, partially because, um, you know, the, Julie, who, who produced it, and, and myself, you know, were sort of leave, leaving New York City and then also just changes in our personal life and stuff. And, you know, we, you know, it started sort of as this joke, the festival, and, you know, we did it for a while, but, but um, it was time uh, sort of for us to a degree to move on. Though we still work together and do a lot of stuff together, so who knows, we might do more things like it down the line. When you think about, you know, putting together something like this and you, you know, go back to the early days with Kristen Shaw and uh, Kamel and some of these other guys and, and comedians, Michael Che, Bobcat, is it the kind of thing where you think, oh, this might be fun and, and we'll watch it, but then you get, you know, Gravitas Ventures to, to pick it up and you're going to South by Southwest. Did you think it was going to be uh, uh, so many people would embrace it? Um, you know, I, in general, I think you can make something, but in terms of expectations of, of what will happen to it, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily ha- have any, um, but it's exciting to see it, you know, have its, have a life of its own. Did you do during the pandemic, you know, the, the tiny covered rooftops or, you know, Queens drive-ins, Zoom shows, or did you kind of hunker down? I hunkered down largely. Um, I was just with my son hunkering down. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I would see friends a little bit outside at the beginning of the pandemic when you didn't know if you could go into somebody's house with a mask or what, you know, what it was all like. I got a little porta potty for my yard and would have friends visit and we would be outside. So, um, are you back to doing spots at the, the cellar and jumping around town, Gotham, the strip, all that stuff? I mean, I'm living in the Boston area, so oh. I sometimes do stuff uh, around here. I've done, you know, a little bit, not not as much as I had before, um, you know, uh, but I've started to do some sets. Yeah. Yeah, I always think of you as a New York guy, but originally you were uh, Massachusetts, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And I, and, you, know, you know, partially, you know, the docu- the movie documents sort of, you know, being there and then also leaving and moving. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, you know, still doing stand up and, you know, kind of starting back up and starting to do kind of like the monthly shows and, you know, hopefully I'll do a little touring in the fall and then start to do more and more. When you were doing the road and you think about the, you know, some of the sets that you were doing, did you ever have a moment where you're like, I, I, you know, I want to get a real job or was it just like, you know, your dream and you, you never doubted yourself because we're all human and we can have, you know, maybe you'd had a bad set in Wichita or something and (laughs) say, forget all this. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I can't do a lot of other stuff. Uh, So I think, you know, when you do comedy, you don't know exactly what, you know, your job will be. It often ends up being, you know, a mix of stand-up and podcasts and writing and acting. So I don't know that I ever, like, did I, I think I, you know, once I had an agent and could make sort of like $100 a night, I knew that I'd have sort of enough to pay rent and kind of continue. And then as you do more and more stuff, you know, you, you, you figure out things. So, so I, I don't know if doubt is the right way to put it. I always <laughs> thought that it could be a long and depressing world, um, but also it could be, you know, fun and very fulfilling. Last question for you. Huge Flight of the Concords fan and uh, saw them perform in person as well. And uh, 
you know how f- that that show was quirky, but it was on HBO. We were all watching it, and how cool was it to be on that show back? And it was over ten years ago now. Oh, it was so fun. Um, they're great. You know, I I think I met them originally through Dimitri Martin, maybe in Edinburgh or New York, and then it was really fun to be a part of. And I toured with them. You know, all the tours they've done. I've done a bunch of the dates with them. We did a whole, the last one was maybe around 2017, a big tour of the UK, which was super fun in like stadiums. Um, but they're wonderful. And that show was so fun to be a part of. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I think, um, Dimitri opened, uh, for them and, um, and I think Arge did too, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Everybody, make sure to check out Bob's Burgers movie. It is opening this Friday. It's already getting great reviews. It's going to be great. And also, it started as a joke. Um, so many great comedians in that documentary that's on demand as well. Eugene, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Rick Tittle podcast on the Eight Side Network. Stay tuned for more. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast, uh, around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. And you know, in the, the last 20 years I've been doing this show, just about every comedian that's coming to town has come through the studio. And uh, we're hoping to get uh, Dustin Nickerson when he's here in July at the Punchline. But let's talk to him right now because he has a book that is coming out from HarperCollins on June 7th. It's called How to Be Married to Melissa, A Hilarious Guide to a Happier, One-of-a-Kind Marriage. Dustin, welcome to the show. Before we get into that, I understand when you were at UW, you you kind of wanted to, to do what I'm doing at first. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I looked at the pay, and somehow stand-up <laughs> comedy became a better option. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like barking for a, a fifteen dollars set pays more. I get it. Yeah, somehow that became more appealing. Reality is, as I looked at the pathway very clearly, uh, as I was taking on a potential, or considering taking on a potential internship at the Seattle Times, and they said, uh, so, you know, for the first few years, you'll cover the JV tennis high school teams, and I go, you know, that's, I, you, you, wait, you don't just start getting a column in the back of Sports <laughs> Illustrated? That's not where this begins? And uh, I was a little more committed to, to uh, you know, coming up these ranks as opposed to those ranks that you have crawled up yourself. Well, open micer might sound hard, but stringer does sound harder, doesn't it? <laughs> True. There is a lot of comparisons. There is a lot of... Uh, you know, I always say that this industry, and I would imagine that it's a lot like yours, people talk about, like, breakthroughs. Yeah. And there's not, I feel like there's less breakthroughs, and it feels more like we're Andy and Shawshank just chipping away each <laughs> night, you know? And even when you do get through, then you have to go through the 500 yards of crap and stuff. So it's, uh, I don't know, the love of the game? I don't know. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, just as an aside, when I got my start in TV in the late, 80s i had a degree in it and nobody wanted me and they said don't come in i came in anyway and they said okay we'll take you so i mean you gotta wow i know that's amazing oh man i'm so cool dustin (laughs) (laughs) such an inspiration i'm inspired i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna quit stand up and i'm gonna go back to sports journalism there you go all right the book how to be married and then to melissa now the thing i love about the cover of this book and you can't judge a book by its cover but i'm already reading in something here from my limited knowledge of women which is true for all men 
is that mm-hmm. she's wearing uh, a lovely black cocktail dress. Her hair's done. Mm-hmm. She looks great. And you're wearing a gray T-shirt and a flannel. So, <laughs> so right there, I'm already reading some things into that. Yeah, and probably whatever you're reading into that is absolutely 100% correct. <laughs> and I'm making a goofy, stupid face, and she's smirking and tolerating my existence. Um, so yeah, that, that's the, the, you know, the book is a, the cover of the book is a thesis in its own right. <laughs> All right, um, I'm just looking at some of the notes in this book. Our footprints in the sand are on different beaches. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I don't know if everyone gets that reference, but, you know, the idea of the book is that um, marriage books are a crock, a total ripoff. Nobody should ever tell you anything about marriage or how to be married because nobody knows. All they know is what they've experienced. So this book is just about one marriage and should be an encouragement if for no other reason that you look at the dysfunction of our relationship and go, oh, well, I mean, if that's working for them, then maybe I have hope. You know, it makes you feel better about your own situation. And one of the components that we look at that I don't think gets talked about a lot is a lot is just like faith and belief. And, you know, and that 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 gets even more complicated when you introduce in-laws and what they believe and what they want you to believe. And when you introduce kids and kids start asking questions and, you know, about God and what happens when you die and all that kind of stuff. So. That just talks about, that, that chapter's about how a lot of the time you can just, you can end up in a relationship with somebody and you, you believe a certain set of things at a certain set of time, but if you, you know, it's a, it's a moving target, you know, where, we, where you grow and what you uh, change and evolve and morph into can be, like I said, totally different beaches. I don't, that's a reference to an old poem that I don't know if people get, but it, I thought it was like the most, I remember seeing that on fridges everywhere in the early 90s on magnets about, you know, these were the steps. These were the times where I carried you, you know, something like that. <laughs> I don't remember all the details, but it's the punchy chapter title. It is. Comedian Dustin Nickerson is with us. We're talking about his book, How to Be Married. A couple more questions here. The, the tripwires, as you say, um, to explosions in a relationship, the old happy wife, happy life thing is important. And and I think a lot of times with, with pride, and this works just as much with women as it is men, it's, it's just much nicer to take the L because when you think about it, what does it really matter? You're going to go to bed content and you're going to take a very, very small loss, right? Right. Right. That is, uh, such, um, such a nice thought that you had right there, just about taking the L and putting your pride aside and not having to fight to be right. I mean, what a lovely, <laughs> lovely picture you just painted. <laughs> and you're so right. You're so right. But in that moment, you're like, well, they need to know. They need, mm-hmm. they need to know that I'm right right here. And then, and then I, it's like you say, what's your ideal scenario? There's no such thing as winning in that scenario, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it, hopefully you can identify those things. But I have, since we wrote this book, you're like, well, these are my tripwires, and these are things that angered me. And then, you know, my wife and I got in a fight yesterday, and I was like, can I rewrite the book? Can I add a few more? Because <laughs> what I realized yesterday is that she has a tripwire if I say, hey, I'm ready when you are. And then we fought for 30 minutes. So <laughs> that's all that one stuff. <laughs> 
I saw you have a forward by Taylor Tomlinson, and I've had Sam Marillon here four times and uh, had him on the phone many times. And so, you know, I think about how they were on again, off again, on again, and she's not even 30 yet. And I think, well, what what could Taylor have to add? And I think, wait, no, Taylor's been through the trenches herself. Yeah, you know, Taylor, uh, in no way whatsoever will I comment on the status of any of her relationships or her the history and or, uh, you know, current update on anything, uh, because I am very good friends with Taylor. And mm-hmm. one of the, because we started open mics together, we would, you know, I've known her for a long time, so much so that when we started, she was actually like underage, like she wasn't old enough to be in the club. Mm. And so people are like, have you been friends that long? I was like, no, I was like a 27 year old, totally grown man. I didn't just befriend <laughs> 17 year. We, you know, what am I going to talk to her about finals? Mm. Like we, we've got nothing in common, but one of the things that we talk a lot about, she, she jokes in there. It's like, you know, I'm actually very unhelpful when it comes to relationship advice because I'm like, I don't know, what do you do? Find your find the person that you love and you're 16 and then just grow together? I, I've got nothing for you. <laughs> um, but she was very nice to write. She's very generous and she's very funny. And uh, uh, really, I consider myself crazy fortunate to have started my career with her and, you know, watch her rise into this meteoric, you know, uh, climb, which is fantastic. Yeah. She didn't. She she didn't. Uh, she didn't have to do the. Uh, or uh, what did she say? She covered JV tennis a little a little less long than some <laughs> people. Well, you're not doing too shabby yourself on Amazon and Comedy Central and other places as well. But I know you're a big sports guy. Are you uh, a Seattle guy like Mariners and Seahawks? And all yeah, that? Unfor- unfortunately, <clears throat> yes. I mean. Uh, my, uh, I was talking to my son. So we live in San Diego. We lived here about 10 years ago. We moved here about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like apologized to him. I was like, I mean, I'm sorry. You, I go like, you can, you can root for whoever you want, buddy. He's like, no, I'm, I'm boys born in Seattle. I should cheer for those teams. And I was like, I feel like he's just accepting his prison sentence. You know, <laughs> it's just such an abused town. It's, and he was like, I was telling him I was doing this. He's like, oh, yeah, we kind of have a rivalry with the Bay Area. I was like, rivalry? Like like Subway has a rivalry with Quiznos. Like, it's, there's no rivalry. The Bay Area is the greatest sports city in American history, arguably, you know, <laughs> dominating on, on in every league all the time or on and off again. And, uh, you know, and meanwhile, we have one championship to show in our 40 years and, and then the other championship, the team literally got stolen away from us. So yeah, Oklahoma yes, City. reluctantly. Yeah. yeah. Well, would you yeah, actually uh, mm-hmm. go ahead? No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, actually our, my biggest claim to fame is that uh, sports wise, actually it doesn't even, it's still, uh, it's that I, I'm from federal way, which, you know, giants, uh, you know, all time hero, right? Travis Ishigawa went to federal way high school. <laughs> And so even our best sports moment still goes to the Bay Area. You guys still get to claim that one. I remember the World Baseball Classic, the Japanese team was playing some practice games in spring training, and they were playing the Giants, and a Japanese guy hit a single, and he got to first and started talking Japanese. And Travis is like, I don't speak Japanese. What are you, because I'm Ishikawa? I don't know you. <laughs> well, let me ask yeah, you one yeah, Mariners question real quick, because do you feel – that and we know about the drought, but do you feel they threw away King Felix's career? No playoffs the entire time he was there. 
Yes, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> How's that even in question? I mean, uh, that's that's the and he's so good and so so faithful, but not a single playoff appearance entire. And it's 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 heartbreaking. And you just go like right now we have a legitimate, I think, future star in J. Rod, Julia Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. You're like this, this guy could be he's he's hyped, he's living up to his grade, he's clutch. You know, it's 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 coming together. And as a true Mariners fan, I go, well, he'll either have a sad, disappointing career here or we'll trade him to the Yankees in four or five years. Or he'll sign with the Yankees. We won't even trade him, right? I mean, that's there's a commercial right now. Uh, I don't even know what it is. I think it's a direct TV commercial. And the commercial has uh, David Ortiz and then Randy Johnson, Alex Rodriguez, and Ken Griffey Jr. And I was like, this hurts. So bad. Why are you making me look at these three together? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Kyle Lewis is back. You got a young Taylor Trammell. I like Crawford at short. Uh, you brought in Winker. Ty France has a big bat. This is why everybody said, oh, look for the Mariners this year. Yeah, and, yeah. and right now, they're, what are they, like 10 games under. So, yeah, uh, you just lost two or three to the A's <laughs> and we're in last place. Did you? Yeah, that's my. That's, what I'm that, saying. We, that's my team, and they don't even try. Yeah, and they beat us <laughs> two out of three. I was thinking about yeah. Uh, man, gosh, even even my so the the most the most successful baseball player ever out of Seattle is Lincecum went to University of Washington, right? And yeah. even then, the Mariners passed on him. Yep. And the Giants got him. And what did he do? What what little career did he have? Yeah, they took it's Brent, a painful existence. They took Brendan Morrow out of Cal because Linscombe. Looked, I know. Yeah, and then Brendan Morrow, when he did throw a no hitter, it was for Toronto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we could go on all day, but everybody, make sure to check out the new book coming out from Harper Collins on June seventh. It's a hilarious book on um, how. Well, let me just give you the subtitle: A Hilarious Guide to a Happier One. Uh, one-of-a-kind marriage. It's called How to Be Married to Melissa, and our guest is Dustin Dickerson. Dustin, uh, congratulations on the book, and when you come to the punchline in July, come on in the studio. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. Planning on it. Thank you. This has been the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8Side Network.